You're listening to an audio resource from Redemption Hill Church. This resource is not meant to be a replacement for participation at a local church, but an accessory to the care you're receiving from your own pastors. To learn more about Redemption Hill Church or to give to our ministry, visit redemptionhilldsm.org. Hey, Logan. Yeah? What are you getting me for Christmas? Nothing. You're listening to Cornfield Theology. Hey everyone, Pastor Sean here, pastor of Redemption Hill Church, located in Des Moines Metro, located in Waukee School District, but Ur- technically Urbandale. But we could throw a stone into Clive. Yeah. <laughs> or a two minute drive from Grimes. Right. Oh man. Well, thanks everyone for listening. This is a very special edition of Cornfield Theology. Special, Ben? Yes. Not it's special because it's Christmas, right? Right, yeah. Tis the season, man. The season is special. Maybe not yeah. this episode. Yeah, this, is this your favorite time of year? Um, Fall's technically my favorite time of year. Just I, fall. I general. love Christmas, but let's be honest. Like Once Christmas is passed, it's winter, you know? Oh, yeah. All and winter's my second favorite season only yeah. by like default because I, I don't like summer because I'm too hot. And then in spring, I have allergies. So I basically just like fall. Yeah, allergy season is the worst. Mm-hmm. I go bad for people. I used to. I have allergies when I go through uh, poison ivy, <laughs> <laughs> which here out in the country it's happened a few times. Or you mow the lawn. I mow the lawn. Oh, I mean, twenty twenty was bad for a lot of people. For me, what what, what was the kind of like piling on top was the day I mowed. We had had four acres I had to mow, and I mowed and I mowed into something, and like the next day, my entire face is like a balloon yeah it was horrible yeah i do the teledoc thing she prescribes steroids i've never taken steroids in my life by the way just for the record really <laughs> no never once went to a guest no so and she gave me steroids brought down i was like okay i was making a joke that you look strong oh thanks appreciate that yeah no problem and you put me on the spot with the christmas gift do you want something no i don't want something from you okay yes i want something from you <laughs> Who comes out and says, I, I want you to get me something, unless it's your wife. <laughs> right? Yeah. My wife jokes about like one of her love languages, you know, the five love languages. Stereotypical uh, Christian talk is like giving gifts. I'm like, yeah. hey, gifts is one of my love languages too. Just but receiving. Just receiving, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, we have a gift for you, everyone. <laughs> this particular podcast sponsored by us. <laughs> Yeah, no one. <laughs> no one. That's all right. We do appreciate you listening. We do want to talk well and think well about Advent and the mm-hmm. Christmas season. I think part of it, and we'll end with this, but just as a lead out, man, it's a busy time of year for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. There's the, the, the shopping for presents, the wrapping of presents. There's the extra programming, like your kids are doing a Christmas concert or a Christmas whatever. Traveling. Traveling, absolutely. Family From a church drama. perspective, it's like... <laughs> It's a big deal to celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. We're going to celebrate it on Christmas Eve. We're, harvest, uh, we're partnering with Harvest Bible Chapel for that, and we're looking forward to that. But that's another thing. You know, it's kind of it's Christmas Eve doesn't generally fall on a Sunday, so it's an extra service. Right. You know, so it is busy, man. Mm-hmm. And so we want to step back and actually be like, you know what? How do we get right perspective, get a good, good perspective, good grasp of what we're celebrating and why? Mm-hmm. How do we kind of move, you know, push past the weeds and truly look at why um, we celebrate the way we do. So we're going to be looking at the true meaning of Christmas. The true meaning. Is it a movie? I'm sure there's plenty of movies about yeah. the true meaning of Christmas. All right. Before we get into the content, speaking of movies. Okay. What is your favorite Christmas movie? Christmas Story. Really? Oh, yeah. Really? Love the Christmas Story. Is that the one where I shoot your eye out? Yeah. Line? The okay. shoot. A uh, kid like gets his tongue stuck to a pole. Uh, the little brother that gets so many layers of clothing, he yeah. can't put down his arm. Uh, the, uh, what is it? Ovaltine. Like, ah, oh, oh, I just sure. love it all. Uh, or the, I said fudge, but I didn't really say fudge. That section is <laughs> hilarious. No, love that. Okay. Um, my mother-in-law, she showed Kennedy and I, my wife. Um, oh, what is it like Christmas vacation or oh, something yeah. like that? Oh, yeah, the National Lampoon's Christmas vacation, yeah, with Chevy Chase. That's one of her favorites, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, mm, I hope if you're listening, don't take offense. I didn't like it, I <laughs> yeah. thought it was really boring. <laughs> it's it's very crass, too, yeah. <laughs> so, very, I'll take Christmas humor. story, yeah. Um, but I also know that my in laws really like Elf, that's kind of oh, yeah, tradition. that's that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gonna ask me what mine is? 
Sean, what is your favorite <laughs> Christmas movie? Die Hard. All right, let's go. Moving on. <laughs> Every time, Die Hard. All right. I got some categories that we're going to lay out um, in terms of how we're going to think well about Christmas. Not your Christmas movies. But your yeah, because you got that one just wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, wait, no, not exactly. You heard it here. Uh, he agrees. All right, a couple, couple categories we want to think out of as we kind of walk through uh, the true meaning of Christmas, as you said, as you coined, not you coined, but repeated from someone else who repeated it from someone else. There's a theological importance of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Incarnation, mm-hmm. that means we're talking about the birth of Jesus Christ. Right. Um, we're talking about the divinity and the humanity of, of Christ. Uh, there's a lot of heresy here that yeah. you could potentially get into. Yeah. And like, this is Christmas. It's about Jesus being born. Yeah. You know, and we want to make sure as Christians that we get that right. Correct, because there's there are some cults, and I'm going to say, you know, also some pastors who have used bad theology to describe um, the birth of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I've, I've I've heard it personally. Where like they're trying to describe it, they're using analogies or metaphors, and I'm just kind of like, that's a bad analogy, Patrick. That's a bad analogy, Patrick. Exactly, and so we want to help uh, you think well and about navigating. Uh, what do you make of the divinity and humanity of jesus christ mm-hmm. right um, god take it on flesh or jesus take it on flesh and begotten not made that's another key theological uh, distinction so the first first category to think out of uh, second thing we do want to avoid heresy so uh, we'll talk about some of those distinctions what to avoid what to be aware of because um, they exist we, i mean we can call them out right now jehovah witness yeah uh, mormons they have yep. a very distinct unchristian unorthodox view of the deity of christ mm-hmm uh, Unitarians, uni- yeah, Unitarians. Iglesia right. Ni Cristo, which is a specific Filipino cult. Oh, what is it? It's a it's a Filipino cult. They're oh, basically really? Unitarians. Yeah. Okay, yeah, super pop- popular in the Philippines. Hmm, didn't know that. You're just a wealth of knowledge. I went to a debate with James White. Uh, James White, you love James White. I respect him. Yeah, he's a good thinker. All right, so we want to avoid heresy. Next category: biblical support for the incarnation. We always want to drive back to the word of God. Mm-hmm. That's really important to us. Uh, we don't want to make things up out of thin air. We actually want to support it based in and rooted in and founded in the Holy, scriptures. Holy scripture. Absolutely. And then finally, just some um, final comments about Christmas itself. And again, how I let out will will end, which is, you know, how do we see Christmas for what it truly is? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and at the same time, enjoy it. Right. Like, like pr- there's, there's certain traditions about Christmas that, aren't necessarily, you know, Christian, so to speak, but they're still good and they're still fun and you can enjoy them. We're not a bunch of humbuggers over here. Yeah, we'll even talk about our, our famous traditions, our favorite traditions. Sure. I got a few I like to, we like to do at the Powers House. So, mm. all right, let's kick out with this, the, the theological importance of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. I'm going to lead out with um, a quote from our Confession of Faith. We are a confessional church who's part of a confessional denomination. Uh, we've done some podcasts on that. I've also done several blogs at cornfieldtheology.com that you can check out about what it means to be confessional. And man, this is really good theology in 9.2 of our Confession of Faith. Um, it's a section called Christ the Mediator. Christ is our mediator, and it goes like this. The Son of God, the second person in the Holy Trinity, is the true and eternal God, the brightness of the, of the Father's glory, of one substance and equal with him who made the world, think Colossians 1, who upholds and governs all things he has made. Think Hebrews 1. Uh, When the fullness of time had come, he took upon himself man's nature with all the essential properties and common infirmities, can't talk, um, and yet without sin. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary when the Holy Spirit came down upon her and the power of the Most High overshadowed her. She... So he was born of a woman of the tribe of Judah. Now we're getting into kind of genealogy. Go to Matthew 1, for example, of the seed of Abraham and David, according to the scriptures. So you've got to keep in mind, like mm-hmm. when you read the um, the birth narratives in Luke and Matthew, yep. they're constantly going back and saying, see, look, we see this in the Old Testament. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're going back to the, the scriptures, right? right? They're showing that holy line. Exactly. So they're going back to the Bible to uh, support their understanding of the birth of Christ and continuing on and just finishing out uh, two whole perfect and distinct natures were inseparably joined together. So distinct natures inseparably joined together. 
mm-hmm. distinct natures would be the divine nature and the human nature. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, joined together in one person. That's really important. Without conversion, a composition, or confusion. This person is truly God and truly man. We get a little Nicene Constantinopian creed going on here. Um, this person is truly God and truly man, yet one Christ, the only mediator between God and man. Now, I, that is a, there's a lot there. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah, there's Tom. You think one of his common infirmities might be that he stumbles over his words like you? Uh, Jesus? Yeah. Yeah, only, only I stumble over my words, man. Only you? Well, I, mean, I couldn't imagine how many times I've stumbled over my words oh, really? on just this podcast. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> uh, even on Sunday morning preaching, you know, I, oh, was, yeah. there was one word last Sunday. It's like I tried like five times and I'm like, why can't I not say this three syllable word? It was so pathetic. I stick to two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right, write, a, write a sermon manuscript with only no more than two syllables. Right. You know, for each word. Oh, shoot. Can't use begotten. Yeah. Uh, begot- <laughs> oh, yes. Three syllables. Yeah. Uh, Begot, boom. All right. Well, that's the thing with theology; it's big words, lots of syllables. So, yep. So that's that's a that's a great um, statement regarding uh, the incarnation, Jesus Christ, talking about the two natures, the inseparable two natures, uh, in one person. Uh, If you really want to get into the weeds of all this, uh, we go back to we can go back to the Greek and say, how did that early church fathers Mm. uh, make their their creeds right? Uh, so we got the Nicene Creed in 325. They got the Nicene Constantinopolian Creed in uh, 431. And so those creeds in particular talk about not only the, the Trinity, but also uh, the, the deity of Jesus Christ, um, who the person of Christ, right? Right. And what I like about this confession, um, not only is it dense, I like the flow of it because it talks about Jesus, you know, the, the Son of God, but it talks about what he has before even his mm. incarnation. Like he is the brightness of the Father's glory even before he's actually born yeah. of Mary. Yeah, that's good. Um, because we need to understand Jesus existed before he was actually incarnate. Yeah, and in theological terms, we talk call that eternal generation, mm-hmm. right? The, the eternal generation of the Son. Uh, he was never created. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where we get into the heresy, right? Yep. You know, we talk to the Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons and things like that. And uh, obviously early church fathers or some early church thinkers and theologians fell down that particular heresy as well. Mm-hmm. And we want to avoid that. So eternal generation is extremely important to understand. I think I did a podcast on this with uh, Brooks Sebchak, a friend of ours. Um, it was on the, the topic was the eternal subordination of the sun, yep. question mark. <laughs> and he and I took different sides on that particular debate. But part of the debate, it was a good discussion. Um, it was a good discussion where we didn't agree on something that yet had some substance to it. But talking about the eternal generation of the sun is critical in asking the question, is the sun eternally subordinate? Right. Right. But yeah, I mean, just simply is just the idea that Jesus has always existed. He's always been with the Father mm-hmm. as the Son um, when we're talking about eternal generation. Right. Exactly. Well, here's another quote. Let's take this one from Ignatius um, of Antioch. And uh, let me know what you think of it. Okay. Okay. I initially read it and I'm like, you know. I'm putting my critical hat on. Yeah, put the critical hat on. See if you find something that you can critically look at here. I found something. But again, just an early church father trying to think well about um, the nature of Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ and his two natures. Here's the quote. And God the Word was truly born of a virgin. All right. So far, so good. Having clothed himself with a body of like passions with our own. Okay. Interesting. He who forms all men in the womb was himself really in the womb and made for himself a body of the seed of the virgin, but without any intercourse of man. <laughs> okay. Now he's being real, real there, right? You know, yeah, yeah. he's like, uh, you know, uh, a boy and a girl didn't get together here on this one. Right, right. The birds and the bees talk does not work <laughs> exactly. in this case. Exactly. So what do you think about that quote? Um, I think... I think I can probably see where you have your grievance. I think it's probably with the clothes to yeah, himself. Yeah. Um, but I think that's that's poetic language. I agree. Um, this is where we got we want to be careful with words, realizing using temporal things to describe something that is spiritual mm-hmm. uh, could have could be fraught with problems. Right. I once was um, listening to a pastor during Advent, and he was um, using this idea that Jesus took on a spacesuit or whatever right that's even worse oh yeah it, it, but it, it, the, the problem with clothes and spacesuit could be if you want to go down this road 
is that you can put clothes on and you can take them off. Right. You put the spacesuit on, take the spacesuit off. Right. It's that idea of of his humanity. Humanity then is separable from himself. Correct. Whereas when we're talking about the incarnation and this union between the two natures, they become distinct but inseparable from yeah, one another, right. from the person of Jesus right. Christ. So there's several like um, metaphors we could use that are heretical. Like you say, you got this jar, right? And you put in marbles. You got white marbles that you pour in. You got black marbles that you pour in. Right. Like, that doesn't work. Right. That's still too distinct. Um, natures within that jar. Right. You see the black, you see the white. It doesn't work. Right. And they're separable. And exactly. uh, another uh, common heretical uh, metaphor that I've seen used is the idea of, you know, you have uh, water in a jar mm-hmm. and then you can drip some ink into that jar and sure. now they're mixing together. So this is trying to get at the fact that yeah. they're united together. So the ink and the water mix together. Mm-hmm. But really, you lose that distinctness between Correct. the two natures. And what happens is you actually get just a third different nature. Yeah. Cause when you mix ink and water, you know, like yep. it's no longer really water, but it's not ink. It's something else. It's new. Yeah. Same thing. The one that came to my head, which is the same as yours. You got the black paint, you got the white paint and you make gray paint. You right. It's complete. And I think if I'm not mistaken, the, the particular heresy in early church history is the, the monophysites where you have this one particular distinct nature, not to what I don't got all the names memorized, but I'm like, if I see it, I'll know it. <laughs> yeah. <true. laughs> but sometimes that's, that's worth noting. Like he's like, I know there's a word for that heresy. Even though I don't have a word, I know that's not good. <laughs> yeah. And then wasn't, there was another one where it was like almost too distinct from one another. Was that, uh, it starts with an N. Oh, uh, you talk about Nestorianism? Yeah, Nestorianism. Yeah. Where it's a little bit more murky. We don't actually well, know if Nestorius was a heretic. But. Yeah, well, he he was he was down with the whole the controversy was the Theotokos controversy. Right. Or I think he came up with the Mary Kotokos, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, pardon the the, the Greek there. But Is it Greek or Latin? Uh he was Greek. Okay. So that'd have been that'd have been Greek, um, Nestorius. And his whole thing is like, how do you how do you understand the humanity or divinity of Christ. And right. so if you say Theotokos, then you're talking about the divinity. If you want to talk about Mary, um, then you talk about the humanity of Jesus Christ. And so he right. got a lot of flack for, you know, I think was deferring to the humanity of Jesus Christ. Yeah. He was really trying to, he was, he was pushing back against, against essentially the overemphasis on divinity where Jesus is becoming so divine where he's not really quite human. He was like trying to focus his back to the human yeah, aspect you, because the human aspect is extremely important. Yeah, you're right. And you're hitting on something that's really important, Logan. It's it's having proper balance when we talk about Christ. Mm-hmm. When we talk about the birth of Christ and we talk about his life. Mm-hmm. Was Jesus a man? Yes. Was Jesus God? Yes. Should we be talking about his humanity? Yes. Should we be talking about his divinity? Yes. Absolutely. And the, and I and I you know I state the obvious questions and the leading questions to make this point. What I love about the Gospels is that you see both. Mm-hmm. Like right now at Redemptional Church, you know we're going through uh, for Advent right now Matthew one and two, mm-hmm. and then you get to end of Matthew two. Then you know we're kind of moving out of the birth of Jesus Christ. We're getting to John the Baptist and all that kind of stuff. So, but, but next week, after we get past John two, we're gonna go to John one. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in the gospel of Matthew, you get the earthiness of, of Jesus. So he's that right. one of the church, you know, it's just like, you got that humanity. Yeah. Him being birthed born exactly. in, a, in a manger. Exactly. You got the shepherds there and you know, the wise men eventually come on board. And all right. that. And you got Herod trying to kill Jesus. Right. Right. Like. He's trying to kill him. He doesn't know exactly who Jesus is. So he's like, all right, two and under. Let's just. <laughs> well, he's, yeah, he was just threatened because, you know, the wise men came and like, um, hey, we're looking for a king. And Herod's like. <clears throat> Excuse you? <laughs> What'd you say? Um, looking la- for what king? You found him. <laughs> la- I'm here. <laughs> no, someone else. What? What? <laughs> Pardon me? <laughs> you know, but so next, so that's the humanity of Jesus, right? You got that earthiness. You got the mm-hmm. humanity. Next week, we're going to get to John. Just listen to these words about the divinity of Jesus. Uh, in the beginning was the word, is John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Not mm-hmm. a God. No. Nope. It was God. <clears throat> Jehovah Witnesses. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Again, go back to Colossians 1, right? Mm-hmm. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was that was made that was made. 
So it's like you, you got that divinity of Jesus Christ coming out as well. And so we got to strike that proper balance of finding both. Talking about the humanity of Jesus Christ, here's a particular quote from church history that I enjoy. I've used it on Sunday mornings and, and pointing out the humanity of, of Christ. And I'm not sure if it's from Athanasius or Gregory of Nazianzus. I've seen it in both places, but it goes something like this with different iterations throughout history. What has not been assumed cannot be redeemed. redeemed. What do you think Athanasius and or Gregory of Nazianzus meant by that statement? Right. Well, so I think what they meant is what Hebrews 12, uh, 2, 17 is uh, mentioning. Um, which is, so Hebrews two seventeen says, therefore he being Jesus had to be made like his brothers. And I take that in to every mean, way, yeah. you know, us humanity, cause we are called the brothers of Jesus. Right. Anyways, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect. So that's talking, he had to be made like us. He had to be human so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. Yeah. To do what? To make propitiation for the sins of the people. Mm. So him becoming a human is an integral part of our salvation. So, you know, today we're trying to talk about the importance of Advent. Why do we celebrate? And we've laid down a lot of, you know, theological foundations of who Jesus is being the God man. Mm -hmm. But was it actually necessary for Jesus to become incarnate? Hebrews 217 clearly says yes yeah it must be done so that he can be like his brothers and be a propitiation for sins and yeah. i think that's what athanasius was and at. that other fellow yeah and and a couple points there and then we go to matthew 121 uh to support what you just said from hebrews um he had to take on every part of man except sin mm -hmm. right and so Jesus was sinless. Right. That's really important. Um, he didn't grow into being sinless. He's sinless. He is the sinless son of God. Right. He just didn't live a good life. He was God incarnate. Right. And he and he knew what he needed to do in order to save his people from their sins, which is Matthew 1, 21. Uh, she, Mary, will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Okay, great. You're going to bear a son. You're going to call his name Jesus. Why? Why does that need to take place? For he, Jesus, will save his people. His people. Mm -hmm. You talk about atonement here. You know, right. Limited atonement. He will save his people from their sins. Right. So critical. And so when you step back and you think about the, the, the miracle of the virgin birth, mm -hmm. you, you should be left in awe and wonder of what God has done for us. Mm-hmm through Christ. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. He condescended to us. Yeah. Like I think of all the other religions that talk like basically tell people to, you know, to reach for God. Um, some mm -hmm. religions tell you to become like God, you know, you're constantly trying to climb this mountain to, to God. Right. But God has come down the mountain to be with us yeah. and to die with us yeah. and to be, human with us yeah one of my favorite preachers rick amash up at cornerstone I think community Corner, church community church up in the i think they're in burnsville burnsville yep he made it he always emphasized how god condescended that was the exact language that he used and it was new language for me when i first started mm. attending i'm like kind are you condescending me? <laughs> I'm like, what did you try to say apparently he needed to yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh as you think about it more, you see the brilliance of using that kind of language of what God is doing. Right. I mean, even in the language of Emmanuel means mm -hmm. God with us. Right. I mean, that's truly like staggering. Right. That God would condescend and be with us. So. Right. I, and on the topic of the importance of the incarnation, I wanted to talk about one more thing. Yeah. This is what I kind of added was that the incarnation. Is this is your contribution to the conversation? I mean, I feel like I've contributed already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mess with you. How dare you? I contributed to the notes. You're taking, you're taking my present back. <laughs> I'm taking your non-present back. <laughs> you're going to, it's going to be less than a, you owe me a present now. <laughs> <laughs> I've condescended you. 
Okay. Um, What's your point? Sorry. Yeah. So head. with the importance of the incarnation, it's important that we recognize that it was also done as a fulfillment of promise. Mm. God is a God of promises. Yes. And we see the mo- one of the most, I would say actually the most important promise ever in the scriptures in Genesis three. Yeah. After the fall of man, he says to the woman, this, your seed will crush the head of the serpent he, seed. And specifically the he pronoun. Right. You know, singular. singular and yeah. I think it's, is it Hebrews or Paul? Well, same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. That makes the point that when it's talking about, you know, the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. It is talking about an individual yeah. and that individual is Jesus Christ. Right. And I also wanted to point out. So Paul, we, Paul talks a lot about first, second Adam. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Jesus being the, the second perfect Adam. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Uh, the new representative for humanity uh, on, on the topic of Genesis three fifteen, Okay. As you mentioned, uh, I shared this at church on our first advent, um, sermon series, a uh, sermon for the series. And I was, I was, I was reminded of this particular image that my wife puts up every single year. And it's a, you don't like this cause you got your yeah. kind of classic thing going on. That's cool. But for those who like imagery, this is really helpful. It's a picture of Mary and Elizabeth and Mary's pregnant. I, I think I would assume Elizabeth doesn't have names, but you know, obviously Mary's pregnant. Mary and Elizabeth. Uh, yeah. Elizabeth. I thought it was Mary and Eve. Oh, Mary and Eve. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm thinking Elizabeth, uh, the mother of John the Baptist, whatever, but it's, yeah, you're right. It's Mary okay. and Eve. Yeah, you're right. And so Mary's pregnant mm-hmm. and underneath the foot of Mary is the, the crushing of the serpent's head. Mm-hmm. I think it's brilliant. And you don't even see Jesus. I think it's okay. All right. Sidebar. <laughs> here we're going to have a sidebar. Hey, I, folks, I, buckle up. If you haven't put your seatbelt on, here's the time. Okay. I love the importance of the incarnation. I hate that picture. Why is that? Because Mary's the one crushing the serpent. But you're missing like the, the, the actual picture within the picture, which is that from her seed is the one who crushes. Yeah, but in the picture. She's because crushing. when you look at Genesis 3.15... That's like the literal take. Now we all know it would be from, you know, from the virgin's womb. That would be the one who crushed it in the end. There's a different picture that I like. I think it was, I don't know exactly who made it, but it was just a drawing. Yeah. It was you, it was Jesus on the cross, but you couldn't see the rest of Jesus. It was just his feet. Yeah. I'd be anathema too. And, uh, through his feet is the nail. Yeah. But on the other side of the nail in the between his serpent. feet and, and the cross. Oh, is I haven't the head seen serpent. that. Oh, that's cool. I like that more. Yeah, I can see that. I can no. If you if you think of it, put in the show notes or like send me the. Uh, the yeah, um, I'll see if I can find the picture. That's cool. I like that too. But you know, not just say it. I get your point. But I think it's still a beautiful picture. So. Yeah, I I'm see. such a literalist when it comes yeah. to art. It's so hard. And I'm the son of an artist, right? So I'm like, I look at art and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Son of an artist, son of a hippie. Oh, yeah. well, the one the same for him. <laughs> in, my, in my case. All right, your next text. You're. Yeah, past Genesis. 315. Yeah, so 315, we see that that promise is made by God that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. And I think in the book of Isaiah, you see that picture more fully laid out. Yeah. He expands that promise or explains that promise more. We see in Isaiah 7 4, um, which is quoted by Matthew, the sign that God will give that the uh, there will be a child born of the virgin and his name will be Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is literally God in yeah. flesh yeah. with us. I wouldn't say God expands. I think he makes it more clear for us. Sure, right. You know, I don't, when I think of expansion, I think it's just like, you know, he's done this. Now he's going to do this. Now he's going to do that. I think it like, no, over time he's, he's revealed. He's revealed more. Yeah. Exactly. I'm more talking about the expansion of, of what he has revealed okay. to us. Gotcha. Cause there's always been one plan. I never a. took you for a dispensationalist. So I just wanted to make sure we we're on the same page. And dispensation is, I believe used in the Bible. It is. Whose Bible? The King James uh, version. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I didn't look it up. Moving on. Um, so you, I, Isaiah seven, Isaiah nine, right in important. Isaiah nine, we get even more information about this child. And I think important, it, the importance of the divinity of this child is established there as the child is called mighty God. Yeah. And then of course you see Isaiah 53, you know, this, you know, servant of the Lord being, you know, sacrificing himself for the sins of his people. Yep. I, Isaiah is probably my favorite old Testament book next to Ecclesiastes. Yeah. But I just think it gives just this beautiful picture of those promises. 
and Advent, Christmas, is the start of that fulfillment of those mm-hmm. promises. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, those promises are fulfilled at the cross. Right. But Advent is the celebration of God yeah, right. incarnating and being with us. And I think that's just, it's mind-boggling. And it's not just Isaiah. It's you go to Micah 5, 2, mm-hmm. and we got a town that he's born in. You go to uh, Hosea 11, 1, and you have this language of out of Egypt I have called my son, which Matthew picks up, Matthew picks up on Micah 5, 2. Matthew also picks up on, on Hosea 11, 1. And, and just for context, just in case people don't know, in Matthew, Jesus and his family have to flee to Egypt, flee to Egypt. because they're being threatened. Hey, don't preach my sermon this Sunday, man. Sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler. Come just, on. just don't release this until after Sunday. <laughs> it's, it's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to be picking that up because there's a ton of redemptive themes. Mm. When you look at a Hosea 11.1, 1, and he says, out of Egypt, I've called my son in the Old Testament. God often referred to Israel in the singular as his son. Right. And we see that kind of, we, we see the language kind of flipped in Matthew out of Egypt. I've called my son singular, right? Right. Not many people, but one. Right. And that one son is, is going to save the many. Mm-hmm. And so, it, yeah, I mean, Jesus is, the, is essentially like the true, true Israel. Cause yeah. I mean, along with, you know, out of Egypt, I've called my son. That's Jesus right. is being brought out of Egypt. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Sorry. Sports, sports, no, no, no. It's good. No. But he also I, 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 most most folks who listen to this podcast don't go to our church. So, oh, fantastic! So, if you'd like to, if you'd like to, <laughs> redemptionhilldsm.org, cornfieldtheology.com. Yeah, if you could just fly in from whatever state or country <laughs> yeah, exactly. every Sunday, that'd be great. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Des Moines International Airport's great. You get in and out. It ain't ain't nothing. Right. It's just more expensive than like Minneapolis. Yeah, it's a little bit, but it's faster. Yeah, it's faster. Um, but also Matthew, I believe in Matthew, you see Jesus. Uh, do what when his ministry starts? He goes into the wilderness. Yeah. For what? Forty yep. days. Yeah. Matthew Just four. like Israel was in the wilderness for forty years. So much parallel. Yes. Because you talk about the Exodus. You mm-hmm. got the forty days. It's just a ton of parallel. Mm-hmm. It's pretty pretty astonishing. And Israel has to go and wanders for forty years because of their sin, their distrust, essentially in God. But Jesus, after his forty days resist temptation and remain sinless yeah. oh man preach and and honestly this should this is kind of a tan as a footnote to what we're talking about but making all these connections specifically about the birth of jesus christ by looking at the old testament should boost our confidence in holy scripture mm. should boost our confidence so that when we when we look at or we think about the major scene if you don't want to look at it <laughs> Just, I'm fine with it. <laughs> just know Jesus in the major scene. Right. Or just the angles, right? We just don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It should boost our confidence that the, that the very thing that we're celebrating really happened. Right. It really it's, a, happened. it's a historical event. Historical events that are deeply theological and that have massive implications for our every single day lives. Every single day. It's truly astonishing. So I, all talking all about, all about the Old Testament promises and prophecies um, that find their way into being wrapped up in Christ should make us all the more excited to celebrate the Christmas season. Mm. That's good, man. Uh, there's any more scripture you want to point out? Uh, that is it for now. Well, let's talk about some heresy. How's that sound? Yeah, we dipped into it a little bit. Now we're going headlong. Now we're going to head. Dip the toe. Now we cannonball. Cannonball. You ever cannonballed from the, like the top? Uh, Top, top, what do you call it? Diving board. Diving board? Yeah, of <laughs> Big course. words, diving. That's only two syllables, and I still couldn't get it. Yeah, I, dude, I love cannonballing. People panic because I'm so large. <laughs> They're like, watch out! Uh, so there's this issue of begotten, mm-hmm. not made. Now, this particular Greek word, begotten, really only shows up, I think, if I'm not mistaken, in the, in the New Testament anyways. Now, I don't know about the Greek Old Testament. In John 3.16. Okay. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave, gave his, his only, only begotten son. son. Yeah. And I've even, I think, picks this up. Some particular translations leave begotten out. Yeah, I believe the ESV does, doesn't it? Yeah, I look it up, but that's a translation. Check the ESV and maybe the CSB. Oh, homework. But while you're doing some homework over there, um, what does begotten mean? Why is it important? Uh, the single Greek word um, translated that only begotten um it, it basically 
means that Jesus was not created. That's the essence of what we're trying to say. So ancient writers often use this adjective to kind of describe a child's unique relationship with their parent. It has nothing to do with um, one person birthing another, a woman birthing a child, right? But it has more to do with relationship. And that's really important when we think about the word begotten. A lot of, a lot of people have gotten, gotten away from the word begotten because it's like, I don't know what it means, so I'm afraid to use it. Not the King James onlyists. Yeah. Well, they, they're, they're sticking with it. Oh, yeah. I had a conversation with someone that was King James only, and they said the ESV was uh, from the devil because it removed begotten from John 3.16. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I, I, I appreciate their, their harp on it, but, man, that's, that's dark. Goodness gracious. Yeah. They said the ESV is trying to cover up the divinity of Christ, even though it talks about it. All, everywhere so, else. Yeah. All right. So Sorry. Neither here nor there. We're making interpretive decisions. You know, the, the interpreters of the NIV, ESV, you know, 1608, 1611, whatever guys from the New King James Version, they're all making interpretive decisions with the text that they have. So we want to be gracious. But I think begotten needs to stay. That would mm. be my first thing. Ooh. Because we're making that we're making that clear divide between Jesus was not created. We're talking about his relationship with the father. So that's important. That's what I would say. Um, when you beget someone, you beget something of the same kind kind of as yourself. That's the other thing. Um, a man begets human babies. Uh, a beaver begets little beavers and birds beget eggs. I mean, actually going from uh, mere Christianity here. This is something that C.S. Lewis brings out. And a bird begets eggs, which turns into little birds. But when you make, you make something of a different kind of yourself. A bird makes a nest, or a beaver builds a dam. A man makes a wireless set. He's talking a long time ago, so it doesn't really work for him Yeah, in our day. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. since you can't see, I'm just giving him a confused yeah. look. Well, he's really taken a very complicated concept. And if you've mm. ever read Mere Christianity, which I have, and I, recommend, I do recommend it. He, he's trying to take something that's very complex and make it very simple. And so that's what, he, that's what he's driving at here. Um, so even though he kind of gets into this created language, he's saying it was, still wasn't made, right? And so that's really important. So he's still trying to stick to the eternal generation of the Son, while at the same time trying to you know, show the, the relationship between the Father and the Son. Right. And uh, for my homework on different translations of John 3.16, only the Amplified Bible and the KJV, from the versions that I've looked at, use the word begotten. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, ESV says one, or sorry, only son. Um, a few different translations. I checked the ESV, NIV, NASB, CSB. Um, they either say only son or one and only son. Yeah. So uh, for all of you listening out there, if you've got a different opinion on this, drop us a line. Let us know. Uh, we know that this, this is a you know, more complicated argument. And if you've got a different perspective on how, let's just stick with this, how John 3.16 should be interpreted. Give us your thoughts. And don't just like copy paste the ESV be like, oh, I think this. Give some rationale, some logic behind why you think what you think. Mm-hmm. I am completely fine with it saying only son. I'm not against it. I think it could be. I think it's better with begotten. Yeah, I, I would say it's more specific with with correct, begotten. Correct. Yeah, I mean, it's the ESV. It's, it's the inspired version of the Bible, right? Elect standard elect, version. Elect standard version. Oh <laughs> uh, man, it's too good. So the Son was never not the Son. Right. Um, eternal generation. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. That's John. I think it's first John one three. No, it's John one three. Yep. And so that's really significant as well. It's it's extremely important. Um, because it, you just have to look at the logic of the sentence. Nothing was made without him. So he cannot be made because everything that was made was made through him and mm-hmm. by him. For him. Right. It's yeah. so it's like he can't be made since this text says that everything is made by him. Yeah. Everything's everything. Everything, all things, some things, not something, a few everything. things, oh, everything. Okay. Uh, and this just gets into, I believe it is the Jehovah's Witnesses that see Jesus as basically Michael the Archangel. Oh yeah, yeah. Who is a created being? Mm-hmm. They're saying basically God created Jesus as Michael, the first created being, who then created all other things. Mm. But that's not what this text says. Mm. Everything all was things. was made 
with him. And without him was not Nothing anything made, made yeah. that was made. Right. So, like, if it is created, it's because of him. I, Which yeah, is super yeah. interesting. Yeah. Sorry. No, go for it. I was just thinking it was super interesting. I just, I love this topic. But just thinking about Genesis 1, we read the creation account. We know because of John 1, that creation account includes Jesus. Jesus was there. Yeah. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with word, God. Word, dude. Word. Word to your mother. Ice, ice, baby. Bad, bad songs. No, bad. <laughs> bad, Sean. Not Advent songs. <laughs> Go Christmas carols. Come on. Uh, any other scripture you want to point out? Uh, we've, we've, we didn't create a se- separate section for pointing out scripture. We've peppered them in throughout. So mm-hmm. with that said, any other scriptures you direct the listener's attention to? I mean, you got Matthew 1 and 2. You got Luke 1, uh, 26 through 240. Yeah. Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. And I really like Hebrews because it just talks about Christ's majesty over Dude, everything. Yeah. This is this is my passage for, for Christmas Eve. Maybe, oh. like, maybe we should just go there. Should we go oh, there and just kind of take, right. a, take a hard look at a, at a Hebrews 1? Now, there's a passage about uh, the creating and sustaining of, of Jesus, right? He created all things and he sustains all things. And that is so awesome to read. And it's very beautiful. So here, here's the text. If you're just listening long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world. Now here's where you get into some, you know, how do you understand the relationship between the, to Father and Son. He is the radiant, uh, radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds all things by the, upholds the universe by the word of his power, right? Uh, after making uh, pur- uh, purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. So a lot there. Yeah. A lot, lot, lot to talk about. Lots Tons of pull there. So where would you go? What was the first thing you would direct? If you were, if, if, uh, you know, 22 year old Sean came up to you right now and was like, Hey, I've heard about this Christianity thing. Um, and I happen to be reading Hebrews one. Can you help me understand this Logan? Yeah. Oh man. One of the first things that I like to know is, um, verse two, but in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. Mm. I just kind of think about how much more intimate that is, Hmm. you know, before he was speaking through prophets and it's, it was his word. It was him directly speaking to us through his prophets. But now he sent his son who we know is God incarnate. Like that's, that is just so much, you can correct me, but to me, it feels like so much more of an intimate relationship. Yeah. He's, he's, it's like the, Oh, what's the parable where he sends people to, you know, to his, uh, back to his lands to basically collect and they kill, you know, kill yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. That's the prophets being killed throughout history. And then he sends the his son, son. Yeah. Like just that, that personal aspect of it, of it, it's, it's God's not distant from us. Right. Well, you get that with the whole idea of Emmanuel, God mm-hmm. with us. And then we also read in, in Matthew, which connects with this passage and just kind of fills out the intimacy that Jesus came to be a ruler and how would he rule? He would shepherd his people. Mm-hmm. And so you get back to ideas of like Psalm 23, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, which makes you his sheep. Right. And um, when you really dial into the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd, it's so intimate. Yeah, it's caring, it's loving. And you don't picture that with a lot of rulers. No, not like, at all. No, no offense to our president. Or but previous presidents. Or previous minute, presidents. Yeah. Or any kings or the Queen of England. Like, do you think they care about you? No. I mean, I mean. Not, not. We can maybe argue whether or not they care about the country as a whole, but they do not care about right. me personally. Correct. They do not know me. Does it matter if there's a D or an R at the end of their, you know, last name? Or an L. L. Or an I. <laughs> Libertarian, independent. Yeah. G for Green Party. What else do you want to throw in here? Um. A Marxist M for Marxist, got a lot of that going on oh, these boy. days. <laughs> too much, too soon. Mm. <laughs> Man, <laughs> well, all right, we're digressing. You get you get the point though. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter like the political affiliation or who's in charge. Nobody cares for you personally if you're a Christian. Like Jesus, he's the chief shepherd. 
The and ruler of creation. The ruler of the creation is also the chief shepherd. That's crazy. That it's mind blowing. Cares for you. That oh, loves man. you personally. How how does that impact your everyday life? Like for you listening right now, ask yourself that question. How does the reality that the the creator and sustainer of the universe is also a shepherd mm-hmm. who cares for your soul? That's 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 pretty awesome. And let and sometimes you need to be honest for yourself. Maybe it doesn't impact you, but it should. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. it should more. I yeah. wish I I pray I wake up every morning reflecting on that. I don't, but I want to. Yeah, no, that's good, man. Oh. Uh, any other thoughts before we get into the way we started, which is just thinking about Christmas? You know, we talked a lot about trying to understand good theology, some some landmines regarding some heresy. I mean, honestly, we've been in this podcast for forty five minutes. We could go another couple hours talking about heresies throughout the centuries regarding the nature of Jesus Christ, his deity, and his humanity, and all that kind of stuff. But With all the rabbit, rabbit trails. With all the rabbit trails that go on there. Quoting church historians and church fathers and all that kind of stuff. That's the fun stuff. So, Christmas. Christmas. How, how are you approaching Christmas? I, I approach Christmas as it is the true celebration of the incarnation of Christ, first yeah. and foremost. Yeah. Regardless um, of how we got the day and why we right. got the day. And we, I really do not particularly care if he was actually born on December 25th. I am just celebrating. Which, which all science would say that's not the case. Yeah. I, I, right. I'm sure there's some people that disagree, but in, in my opinion, I do not necessarily care about the particular day. That misses I, the point. I care right. that it happened. Yeah, Amen. You know, yeah. and I, that's what I want to be celebrating on Christmas. Yeah. And that's what I really appreciate about my in-laws is uh, that's what Christmas is about. You yeah, know, that's good um, for us. It's, it's all, it's like our uh, slogan on uh, our website. It's all about Jesus. It is all about Jesus, man. Mm-hmm. And that, that's not to say that there's not other things that we do with Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, I still open up presents, you know, we're grateful for the gifts. Yeah, um, yeah. My in-laws love to do uh christmas eve fondue together <laughs> fondue is like the cheese or the chocolate or um it's actually just in this case oil so you'll have huh? like you'll have cheese uh that you can dip in batter and then f- deep fry it real quick or you'll just take meats and just boom fry it real quick and wow you're taking fondue to a whole another level it's fondue fondue <laughs> oh it's also heart attack do <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, it's good. You, you let it drain a, like for two seconds. <laughs> that sounds good though. Oh, it's great. You're just sitting around. Yeah. Uh, it, you know when it when it comes to what you're what you're talking about reminds me of what I love about the holidays, and I love even more about Christmas. It's uh, focusing on the birth of our Savior, mm-hmm. um, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And for me, it's being around family. Right. It's being around friends. Being around those, especially those who are like-minded. Now, some of you might be listening, and you're going to be going off to families who do, do not know the Lord. Mm-hmm. There's are, there are great opportunities for you to share or show the love of Christ, both, hopefully, um, and really talk about the true meaning of Christmas. Uh, for me, I, I, I love being around my wife and my kids during this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a couple of days ago, we were late on the Christmas tree, but, you know, on Monday... We went to the tree lot. We still haven't put up our tree. We still haven't. Shame, 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 shame. Now we went to Hills Tree Farm. I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, located up in Minburn, Iowa, small mm-hmm. town. And you know, I go out there, and my three girls. You know, they debate over a tree, which is saying it kindly. And then, uh, you know, they they point to a tree ultimately, and you know, it's funny. The guy asked me, "So, what kind of tree do you want?" And I'm like. I don't know. I'm here to I'm here to cut and drag. <laughs> I'm, I'm the muscle man. Right. <laughs> I have nothing else. I have no other opinions. But it's fun. Yeah. I really enjoy that. And you know, this is one of the, these are memories where maybe in the time it's like, I want that tree. I want that tree. And mom's like, no, I'm, we're getting that tree. <laughs> we're going to look back, you know, 10 years from now and say, you know, we were making memories together. Right. And these memories hopefully can can serve us in such a way where we're actually end up talking about the birth of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. you know? So we do the tree thing, the Christmas lights and, you know, actually I got to put water in the, in the tree right now. Oh, I have a fake tree. Remind me, <laughs> I got to do that. You know, so we'll go look at lights too and all that kind of stuff. So enjoy the traditions. That's the point. Right. And enjoy that appropriately. Enjoy the traditions. Parents teach your kids well to enjoy the traditions 
But may those tr- traditions be built around talking about Jesus. Yeah, point you to Jesus, not distract. Exactly. So we do a lot of devotionals, especially during Advent at our house. We do a ton of that kind of stuff with, with our kids, in addition to all the fun things. Right. And so, again, don't distract. Uh, point point your kids, point yourself, point your spouse, point your friends to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Final thoughts? Um, and avoid the commercialization of Christmas. Oh, man. Please. Christmas is um, very secular now. Yeah, very um, secular. You know, it's it's about the gifts. It's about the deals. It's about the sales. Um, and although we can be excited for those things, because let's be honest, who doesn't like a good sale to get that you know perfect oh, present yeah, for? Totally. You yeah. know, when you see that present, you're like, this is gonna be perfect for Sharice. Epic. Like she, her face is gonna light up. That's great. Not what Christmas is about. Yeah, yeah. That's good, man. Well, I hope that serves you all. Um, feel free to drop us a line. Leave us a, a note if you got thoughts on that begotten comment or anything. Let us know. Um, if you go to cornfieldtheology.com, you can find previous podcasts and blogs. Uh, we took a little break during uh, the month of October and into November, but now we're back at it. It's kind of a natural break for me because I got a lot of other things going on. So busy. Yeah, okay, life's busy, but it's good. This is stuff we love. We love talking about theology, thinking well mm-hmm. um, about God's word and obviously his church too. We're both members of Redemption Hill Church. So that's it. Check us out on Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter. Yep. And Google. Google. Pod, iTunes. iTunes. What else, Logan? Spotify. You did say YouTube yet? Yes. That was, oh, yeah. oh, that was first. Sorry. And uh, like, share, subscribe, hit the bell icon, whatever. Leave us a note. I don't know. Everyone's got their own thing. <laughs> Just, it's so confusing. I, can't. I wonder if people can guess based off of our energy levels and how good our pitch is at the end. Like what time of day we record this? <laughs> yeah, what time is like, it? Like, oh, now? they seem chipper and they're on point. Must be the morning. <laughs> yeah. They're really fading quickly. It's, it's night. night. <laughs> and when you're doing the podcast in the winter and it gets dark like at six, like five thirty. Right. Oh man, when eight or nine o'clock hits, you're just like I'm out. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, We really appreciate it. God bless you and peace out. Bye. You're listening to an audio resource from Redemption Hill Church. This resource is not meant to be a replacement for participation at a local church, but an accessory to the care you're receiving from your own pastors. To learn more about Redemption Hill Church or to give to our ministry, visit redemptionhilldsm.org.